Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. We wait for the advent of our deepest hopes. In this episode, Padre Andrew digs deep into this holy time before Christmas. Here we are at the start of Advent, and we could be divided, I think, hearing scripture readings about sin, judgment, and Jesus coming on clouds of heaven in the end of time. And we think, oh good, it's Advent. Others may think, where are all the Christmas decorations? Why aren't we singing Christmas carols? Where's all the Christmas spirit? It's always a struggle to let Advent be Advent. It's hard not to rush headlong into Christmas, isn't it? Advent is a somewhat sombre season of repentance, waiting and preparation. In Advent, while the world rushes around shopping and decorating, we pause and wonder, what's life all about? The scripture readings of the first Sunday in Advent say nothing about the pleasant prospect of Christmas, do they? There's no hints of angel songs or mangers or swaddling clothes to help us in the Christmas spirit. No Christmas trees or gentle carols. Rather, we hang the church in purple. We are thrust into a strange world of apocalyptic signs and warnings. Be ready, be prepared. Don't be fooled. In Advent, the church is saying that the best way to prepare for Christmas is to realise that we are fresh out of hope. We dare not rush too quickly to the manger to greet the Redeemer, not until we pause here for a few weeks in a purple-shrouded church to admit that we need redemption. Nothing in us, nothing in our world can save us. No politician No army, computer program, bottle, pill or Christmas decorations can save us. To all the false consolations, the empty merriment and our terminal world, we must say no. Our hope lies somewhere else. We will wait here in yearning, in penitence, in expectation for the one who is coming. The natural habitat of Advent is a community that is in touch with its own hurt and pain of the world. But lots of people cringe at the prospect of Christmas because they don't feel very jolly. It brings back old wounds. It reminds them of ghosts of Christmas past. Well, in the church, we don't have to put on a jolly face. Advent people have tears in their eyes. But that's not all that Advent is. It's also a season of hope. We look beyond the Christmas sales and the recorded carols, beyond marketing and the madness, and in this world of hurt and pain, we look for signs of a future that God has promised. In a world in which tears are wiped away and hurts are healed. The Old Testament reading this morning is one of the most poignant passages of the Bible. It is a form of biblical literature called a lament. 
It's the lament of the exiled Israel, cut off from their land and their temple, cut off from their heritage. They cry out to God with a song of pain and hope. Now, we don't like laments in our culture. We're told to get our act together. Don't be a wuss. But a lament is not a godless murmuring or a faithless whine. A lament is a profound cry into which Israel pours all its frustration, its guilt, its pain and its hope. Their beloved Jerusalem and its temple is a pile of rubble and they weep and mourn. They dare to wonder if God has left them. But this lament is also a cry of faith. If you look carefully at the passage, you'll notice it's framed by the words, you are our father. While in between they moan with discontent, it begins and ends with faith. But it is a faith that is frustrated, puzzled, hurt, and even angry. It is a faith that remembers how things used to be and how God used to act struggles with how God could seemingly abandon his people. And at the heart of the lament is a deep-throated cry, though that you would tear the heavens and come down. A theologian from France once said, Hope comes alive only in the dreary silence of God, in our loneliness before a closed heaven, in our abandonment. Now I've felt it myself. I've heard many people tell me the same thing. When I was at my lowest point, when the world was falling apart, when there seemed no strength, no reason to go on, there was a quiet voice deep within that said, hang on, it will be all right. That's what Israel felt too. It says in Isaiah 64, 8, Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. And of course, God did come down. Israel's cry of lament was answered. But it was answered not in a way that anyone expected. God didn't come down as a heroic superman, but as a tiny baby held in a mother's arms and laid in a manger. That's the wonderful good news of Christmas that we're preparing to celebrate. God came down. He lived our life, died our death, and rose for our salvation. But in Advent, we remember that we are still crying a lament of Israel. And God seems to be on leave again. Sometimes, even if we don't say it, we feel it. We wonder, where is God? Has he taken leave? Is he on holidays again? Has he abandoned the world to chaos and destruction? But like the faith of Israel, the Christian faith is always looking forward, always expectant, always waiting. Unlike Israel, we live on the other side of Christmas. We've seen the baby in the manger and the empty tomb. But we are still waiting, hoping and longing people. In the days before his death on the cross, Jesus knew that he would leave his disciples for another time of waiting. His final words, just before the story of the Passion in Mark, are a moving and frightening account of what lies ahead. It's not an easy passage. 
at the risk of oversimplifying it, it sets the future into two horizons. First, Jesus talks about what will happen soon. He describes many of the things which the readers of this gospel are living through. The terrible destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70 AD. And these things that will happen, as Jesus says, before this generation passes away. But he also describes the kinds of things that will happen all through the last days. That is, the days between his first advent and his second advent. As he says earlier in the chapter, when you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. The second horizon can only be described as apocalyptic, a kind of special poetic language, every word of which is borrowed from the Old Testament. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. In these strange words, Jesus describes the indescribable, the catastrophic coming of God, the end of this age. And then, Jesus describes our Advent posture. Be on watch. Be awake. The day, the hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, but only the Father. There is no use hauling out our diagrams and calculating the signs of the times. Jesus could not have made it clearer. Only the Father knows. Watch and wait. But... It's hard to wait for over 2,000 years. To help us understand what this watching means, Jesus told a story. It's the familiar story of the master who goes away and leaves the servants in charge. They don't know when he'll return. Not knowing gives the waiting and the watching a certain quality, doesn't it? There's the constant thought that it could be today. When will he come? The return of Jesus is not open to our calculations. It will be sudden, and above all, it will be a surprise. Sharing the good news of salvation, helping the poor, working for the kingdom of God. We do not keep watch by calculating when we will be rescued, but by entering into the world's sorrow, pain and brokenness. We keep watch when we nurture every fragile green shoot of peace, love, justice and goodness that erupts from the cold ground of this passing age. We know that this old world will not plod along forever. This world as we know it, the year-end financial reports, predictable parties and the Christmas programs and concerts this world is actually transient. It will end. It may come one day when we slump forward in our deathbeds. It may come when clouds are rolled back like a scroll. Watch. Be ready. But ever since that first advent of Christ, we have been living in the last days. For some, Christ's coming 
may be a disquieting thought, if not downright terrifying. Those who make their living on a status quo are threatened by it, those tied to this passing age with its armies, stock portfolios, delusions and false securities. To them, it's bad news. But to those who have watched, seen the signs, felt the pain of this groaning creation and never made peace with the status quo, they prick up their ears and stand on tiptoe like children waiting for Christmas morning. No more war, no more diseases, no more hatred, no more genocide, no more starving children. We wait for the dawn that will bring to light our wildest dreams. We wait for the advent of our deepest hopes, the kingdom of God, the reign of love. Don't give up. Don't get tired. Don't despair. Wait. Watch. Hope. We are Advent people. The Lord is coming. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.